It is Monday night. It's December 11th, 2023. Hard to believe we're almost in the middle of the month of the last month of 2023. But here we are. Tanner Lee here along with a special co-host this week, a guy who's been on the podcast a handful of times over the years. My father, I have to own him. I have to take credit for him. Eric Lee. Dad, how are we doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Had a good sports weekend. I, uh, I'm i starting to have more of those consistently. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a new feeling for me. <laughs> but don't get too used to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably the kiss of death I just said there. But uh, yeah. but for everybody wondering, um, second week in a row, Josh the J-Man Month is uh, not able to join me. Hopefully he is next week. But there's a great reason why he hasn't been on the podcast. And that is the uh, we welcomed the newest member of the Tana J-Man Show Nation to the world last week as Josh and his uh, awesome wife, Megan, um, had their uh, baby baby daughter last week, Addie Mont. So very good reason why he's not on the on the podcast. He's on daddy duty. So hopefully he'll be joining us next week. But congratulations to Josh the J Man Mont and his and his wonderful wife Megan. And uh just just really cool. Really cool to see one half of the podcast become a father. Well, yeah. Josh will be a good dad. Oh yes he will. He already is, but yes, yes, yes he will. So yeah. Well, Dad, I got some birdie or bogey trivia for you this week. Like I said, Josh is three strokes up on me. I don't know how we'll go about that when, um, when he comes back on the pod here uh, next week or whenever it may be, but uh, but we'll figure it out. But I do have a uh, birdie or bogey question for you this week. Not one of my favorite ones, i got to be honest, but, uh, but it'll do. Um, so Peyton Manning, pretty good legendary quarterback for the, for the Colts and the Broncos. I've heard of him. Uh, out of his 539 career touchdowns, he threw 112 of those to Marvin Harrison, 67 to Reggie Wayne, 44 to Dallas Clark, and 36 to Demarius Thomas. So those are his top four. Who is his number five guy? So who is the guy <laughs> who's caught the fifth most career touchdowns from Peyton Manning? Hmm. You want this answered at the end of the show, correct? At the end of the show. So you got all show to think about Broncos and Colts players. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's not an easy one. Not an easy one, and maybe not the most relevant one, but uh yeah. Peyton Peyton will be on my I assume he and Eli will be doing the Manning cast of the Titans and Dolphins game tonight, because that's the game on ESPN while the Packers and Giants are on ABC. But, they're going to do. They're going to somehow do both. Um, oh, so I don't know if they're focusing more more on one than the other. But uh, the way I heard it tonight, they're doing both. Okay. All right. So, well, interesting week to do two Monday night games. I don't know what the NFL or ESPN or ABC is trying to do, but I'm sure they have their reasoning. Yeah. Um, not the best of games, really, but. At least you got two teams. Well, the Packers are fighting for a playoff spot. Dolphins are arguably the well, they will be the one seed in the AFC with a win tonight. Um, but Titans and Giants are are pretty much dead in the water. But yeah, probably better if the Dolphins could be playing the Packers and the uh, yes, yes, Giants could be playing the Titans. So yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. But the uh, birdie or bogey is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere. Located on 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. And let me see what their weekly feature was, or their weekend feature, I should say. Um, Dad, you uh, you venture to Arl- Arlington Public House quite often. Um, so oh, yeah. I know you can be a proponent of what they have. Um Let's see here. Uh, their weekend special. Ooh, this looks good. It was uh, uh, some type of pasta. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of it because I'm going to botch it so bad. But yeah. it's classic romaine pasta with creamy and, and rich featuring fresh cracked black pepper and, uh, and some Romana cheese as well. So it looked really good. Uh, you can go on their Facebook page and look look at it for yourself. Uh, they do have a salad of the month, buffalo chicken Caesar salad, crisp romaine lettuce, Parmesan cheese, diced red onion, creamy Caesar dressing, a hand-breaded chicken breast tossed in house-made buffalo sauce and to- topped with pretzel croutons. So, Salad, salad isn't salad. even in, in your vocabulary. 
not mine. Um, it isn't. It isn't a J man's once in a while. I know he yeah. likes a good seed salad. So, um, but yeah, you can't go wrong with anything you get at the Arlington Public House there in Rochester, Indiana, on Main Street. It is definitely yeah. upscale, in and a casual atmosphere, just like they say. Yep, good place to eat. Um, before we dive real deep into tonight's show, do you want to get educated real quick about some sporting events that have happened on December 11th? Yeah, give me what you got. All right. Um, let's see here. It's an interesting one. On this day in 1934, the National League voted to permit night baseball up to seven games per home team. Yeah. I think uh, a guy named Johnny Vandermeer actually threw a no-hitter in one of the first night games ever for the Cincinnati Reds. So, On this day in 1951, Joe DiMaggio announced his retirement from baseball. Okay. Yeah, he's pretty good. He was pretty good. Uh, or as Josh would say, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. You might remember this. On this day, 1975, the Yankees made a trade with uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. They The Yankees got Willie Randolph, Doc Ellis, and Ken Brett from the Pirates for George Doc uh, Menich. Hmm. I think the I Yankees made out pretty good for that one. <laughs> I would say so, too. Um. On this day in 1981, uh, it was Muhammad Ali's 61st and last fight. He lost to Trevor Burbick by unanimous decision in 10 rounds. That was at the Queen Elizabeth Sports Center in Nassau, Bahamas. Yeah, I think uh, Ali finished up something like 71 and four in his career. Not too couple bad. Of his, a couple of his losses came at the very, very end like that one. On this day in 1989, Mark Davis signed a record $3.25 million deal per year with the Kansas City Royals. Mark Davis. Mark Davis. But now if fast forward uh, 34 years, and Shohei Otani signing a 10-year, $700 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Isn't that he, just uh, wild? Yeah, Mark Mark Davis would be living in a, uh, the poverty house compared to the I Otani mean, I mean, 34 years ago, I get it. A lot of change in 34 years, but still, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just wild that sports contracts, I mean, I mean, baseball, yes, especially, but sports contracts in general in the last 10 years. Yeah. I, mean, I remember when Barry Zito got a big one in the mid 2000s. Right. Um, just when you don't there, think it's going to be topped, it gets topped. There could be some college boys earning 3.4 million, uh, you know, if they get the right NIL deal. So. Yeah, he, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Supposedly you can quadruple that. So yeah. pretty crazy there. Pretty crazy. Who won the 59th Heisman Trophy Award on this day in 1993? 93. Gino Toretta? I think he was 92. Oh. I think. I think. But 93 was Charlie Ward. Florida okay. State quarterback. I think he had a basketball game the same night he got the Heisman. So he was on the floor for Florida State later that night. And he ended up playing for the New York Knicks. So yes. he didn't even play pro football. So That's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. well, on the same 2000, who won the 66th Heisman Trophy Award? 2000. Um, Chris Weinicke? Chris Winky. Yep. Florida State quarterback Winky. as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That uh, Drew Brees was third. I think uh, Ladanian Tomlinson fourth, and Michael Vick fifth. So they had it was that. either that or, or LT and Michael Vick were flipped yeah. around. But yeah, Josh Heupel was second. Tennessee. Yeah. Was yeah. Winky actually had a good year one year for the Carolina Panthers, but that was about it. On this day, two thousand four, who won the seventieth Heisman Trophy award? Quizzing your Heisman Trophy knowledge tonight. Well, yeah, and the years are really... Uh... I know, it screws me up, too. Another quarterback. I'll give you that. Another quarterback. I'll give you that much. 2004. Is that Danny Warfel? <laughs> Danny Warfel is about 97. Okay. But... 
How about how about Matt Leinert? Okay, the yeah, USC. year year before the uh, Bush Bush yes. took yeah Bush push yep. Yeah. On this day, two thousand nine, Tiger Woods announced an indefinite leave from professional golf to focus on his marriage. I remember when all that was going down. I can remember right. I was in the Rochester High School cafeteria when Tiger Woods was having a press conference. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't been quite the same since. No, no, and he's still trying to make a comeback from his latest. Uh, yeah, latest he's challenge, which is all injury related. So fifth or sixth uh, comeback now. Yep. And lastly, on this day in 2021, so just two years ago, who won the 87th Heisman Trophy award? Gosh, <laughs> I can tell you who won in the 60s and 70s more than I can. Uh, 2021, so they'd be. Uh, He'd be, what, a third-year pro now? 21, 22. Um, no, just second-year pro. Uh, no, not even that. Bryce Young was 22. So whoever won it the year before him. I don't know. It was actually Bryce Young because 22 last year was Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Bryce Young, yep. Uh, rookie quarterback for the Carolina Panthers who probably should have taken C.J. Stroud looking back on it. But yeah, Bryce has been struggling. He has been. He has been. Uh, and I forgot to bring the banner up, but uh, to let everybody know that the On This Day segment is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of Texas with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home office, or a man cave. You can see some of the recently completed project by visiting them on Instagram and on Facebook at Mooney Woodcrafts is their handle on those. And if you let them know the Tan and J-Man show sent you, you get 15% off your order. So get those sign orders in. You probably can't get them in in time to get them back for Christmas, but they make a great gift year-round. So a great gift for the sports fan in your family, sports friend, fan friend in your life, doesn't even have to be sports related. It can be family related, military related, whatever it is. Thad can make a sign of it out of wood. So let them know the TNJ Man Show sent you fifteen percent off your first sign order. Well, and we uh, we talked a lot there about the Heisman Trophy, and the Heisman Trophy was decided this past weekend. Jaden Daniels, quarterback, Louisiana State University, LSU, was the twenty twenty three Heisman Trophy award winner. Um, even though his team didn't make the playoffs and he really came on strong the second half of the year. Um, I do think he was deserving of the Heisman trophy. Uh, did you have any, any problems with him taking home the hardware? No, I, I think a lot of people probably waited to vote till the very end, um, you know, to see how the whole Oregon Washington game came out. Um, you know, Caleb Williams was a early favorite. Things didn't go well for him this year. So, uh, I wasn't too surprised, but uh, traditionally it's become kind of like an M MVP award in the NFL where it goes to the quarterback of the best team. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit about the year uh, RG3 won, where at the very end they said, well, we look at it and this this is the guy. Um, you know, there hasn't been anybody else that just absolutely stood out. So, yeah. Um, but Daniels had good numbers. But LSU, what, were they ten and two or nine and three? I think I, nine and three. I think they lost to Florida State, and Alabama. Um, I can't think of anybody else that got them. Maybe they did, but it it rarely goes to somebody with three losses. But uh, you know, this year it did. So he he had the best statistical year, um, and LSU had the number one offense in the country. So. Yeah, they did, and but it, man, if you're they did go nine and three, they lost yeah. to Florida State or at Ole Miss and at okay. Alabama. Okay. Yep. Yep. So Ole Miss was a six point loss. Alabama was fourteen point loss, and Florida State was a twenty one point loss. Right. Michael Penix, uh, runner up. I think I read somewhere today where like five of the last seven Heisman winners were transfers. Yeah. Um. And of course, I think Jaden Daniels, he might even be a fifth year guy. Yeah, he's um, transferred from Arizona State. Yeah. So 
that that's uh, stopped where it had been uh, underclassmen winning, you know, at mm-hmm. least the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, historically the, the Heisman trophy always went to a senior. I remember when Archie Griffin won it as a junior, but that's changed particularly uh, since the turn of the century. So um, a lot of, you know, freshmen, Johnny Manziel won uh, as a freshman. So it's, it's up for anybody these days. Yep. Sure is. Sure is. Well, I did a list of the Heisman Trophy winners that kind of I remember or I had thoughts on last week. You just said you do better. You would have done better with the Heisman Trivia if it was in the 70s or 80s. Well, mm-hmm. let's go through some of the winners in the 70s and 80s and tell me the first thing that comes to mind Okay, for you. Uh, let's start off with, uh, let's go with 1970, Jim Plunkett from Stanford. In those days, it wasn't the Stanford Cardinals. It was the Stanford Indians back in 1970. And it was plural instead of singular, which is still weird to me how it's Cardinal instead of Cardinals. Yeah, it was the Indians. And uh, I can remember him playing in the Rose Bowl. He uh, he beat out Archie Manning. Uh, he, Archie Manning, and a guy named Dan Pastorini went one, two, three in the draft. And then Plunkett ended up being a two-time Super Bowl champion. So... Probably one of the few guys to win two Super Bowls that's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, I, oh, I can't, who, man, that would be a great trivia question. I'm trying to yeah. think. There's not many quarterbacks that can say they've won multiple Super Bowls and didn't make it. No, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, because all the ones that, I mean, Eli, Big Ben, they're going to be. Right. Who do uh, you think? Eli's yeah. probably not a first ballot guy, but uh, that's, that's up for debate, you know. But Yeah. Most all quarterbacks that win Super Bowls, you know, you, you can name some that didn't. Uh, like Trent Brad Dilfer. Johnson, Trent Dilfer, yeah, Jim McMahon, yeah. Mark Rippon. I guess there's more than you think, Mark Rippon. Yeah, but Nick Foles. Yeah, I don't think he's <laughs> heading the Hall of Fame, but no, no, he's got a, he's got a statue though. Yeah, he's superhero in uh, Eagles uniform for some reason. So yeah, he was. How about 1976 Tony Dorsett from Pittsburgh? Oh, he was he was exciting. He, uh, Pitt was kind of much watched TV back in the late seventies and then into Dan Marino in the early eighties. But, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was, he was, uh, one of the first really great running backs I can remember. Uh, he was fast, still holds the record in the NFL for longest touchdown run, 99 yards and two feet. <laughs> so yeah, he was incredible. I've heard of most of these guys in the 80s, but here's one, honestly, I'd never heard of. George Rogers from South Carolina. Yeah, he was. He uh, led the NFL in rushing one time with New Orleans Saints, and then he had finished up with Washington. Good player, not Hall of Fame, but uh, uh, I remember he had, a, he had a great, obviously, great year in college. I'm going to throw three guys together because for whatever reason, I've got these guys confused over the years. Marcus Allen, Herschel Walker, and Bo Jackson. Oh, yeah. Marshall was uh, Marcus was just smooth, and USC was tailback mm-hmm. factory in those days, and a lot of USC backs ended up winning Heisman. Um, Herschel Walker just burst onto the scene. Uh, it took Georgia his freshman year, cleared to the championship, and then he won uh, Heisman, I believe, his junior year. Junior year, yes. And uh, Bo Jackson was, you know, arguably the the greatest athlete to play college football. He was. He was a one-man wrecking crew for Auburn, played pro baseball and pro football, both at extremely high levels. Oh, 1989, Andre Ware, quarterback of Houston. Yeah. He, he, the guy he was runner-up that year was Chuck Long from Iowa. <laughs> he was a boring quarterback, played for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Andre never had uh, a good pro career, but Houston had his run-and-gun offense, and he put up ridiculous statistics. We'll, we'll we'll have a few more here as we get in the '90s and 2000s. A few that I didn't hit on. Uh, Ty Deppner, quarterback Brigham Young in 1990. Uh, a little bit like uh, where BYU was throwing the ball all over the place before anybody else did, and uh, led Brigham Young to a you know a near championship. He was uh, he he played as a backup for maybe 10 years in the NFL with the Packers mostly. 1994, Rashawn Salam, Colorado. Yeah, they won the national championship. Um, they beat Notre Dame. Uh, the Rocket returned a punt. Would have been the game winner, and they called a penalty on Notre Dame. 
so I'm went to the Bears. Uh, what was it, over a thousand yards his first year, and then just took a dive. Yeah. Uh, really, not to be heard from again. And I, I want to apologize for a mistake I made earlier in the pod. I said Danny Warfel won in '97. He won '96. '97. I should have known this was Charles Woodson. The famous oh, yeah. Woodson, Peyton Manning, Randy Moss. I think Chad Pennington was the fourth there. Ryan Leaf, actually. Oh, Ryan Leaf, not Chad Pennington. They're, 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 yeah. they're putting a uh, one of those. It's 30 not for 30, for, right? Yeah, 30 for 30. Um, that was Peyton Manning's. Woodson had a tremendous game against Ohio State and a lot of eyeballs on him. But that was one of those years I felt like uh, uh, Manning was the guy, but he just couldn't beat Florida. That's the yeah. only team he couldn't beat. Sperrier went three three and zero against Peyton, uh, kept him. Ironically, the year after Peyton left, Tennessee finally won the national championship with a guy named T. Martin. But yeah, Woodson—they both had unbelievable pro careers. But you know, Peyton Manning's iconic. And most of these other guys, I've I've hit on, but it's amazing to go back. I can go back uh, since '97. The Big Ten has only had two Heisman Trophy winners: Ron Dane in '99. Mm-hmm. Troy Smith in 06. They have not had one since Troy Smith in 2006. That is hard to believe. Yeah. Ohio Ohio State puts a lot of guys in the in the final four. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh I know Fields was and obviously Marvin Harrison this year. I think I Dwayne think, Haskins was. I think so. CJ Stroud. Yeah. You know, they're represented almost every year. Mm-hmm. So but it's uh yeah, definitely quarterback, running back, dominated award throughout history, and it's still amazing to me. I mean, Charles Woodson's the last defensive player to win it back in 97, but the last non-quarterback running back was Devontae Smith of Alabama in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring that up. I can't even think of the last Big Ten player that was invited to New York that wasn't Ohio State. Maybe Hutchinson got there. I don't know. From Michigan, you know, he had yeah. a – Dominic and Sue did, but he was, he was a big, big twelve. He was no, he was a big twelve at the time. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I do remember Brad Banks of Iowa got oh, yeah. in the early two thousands. Yeah, that, I believe Carson Palmer won it that year in two thousand two. Brad Banks, yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. right. Name from the but, past. But I don't know if I don't know. I don't think a Chad Henney ever got invited or or any of those guys. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, Saquon Barkley. Was I don't fun. think so. So yeah, all yeah. the good players that Penn State and Michigan produce, uh, you'd think one of them, you know, uh, maybe one of the Wisconsin running backs. I don't know if Gordon was invited. You know, Gordon or Ball or yeah, yeah. it's so many of them. So right, yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting award. It's maybe not as I don't want to say as prestigious because I still think it's the most prestigious award in sports, uh, individual award. But it's it's not viewed as what it once was, maybe just because over the past few years we've seen best player on the best team win it. But this year is different because LC wasn't the best player, the best team. So right, I think uh, just my own personal view, the most prestigious awards in sports are the Heisman Trophy and maybe the Green Jacket and the Masters. Yeah. You know, um, it used to be the Borg Warner Trophy for the Indianapolis 500, but it's kind of lost its appeal over the past 15, 20 years. Right, right. So, but very, very good stuff. You uh, you educated me on some guys, so appreciate that. Yeah. And the Word Association segment is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Performer Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Performer Print 2 Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. All right, Dad. Well, what do you want to start with? Do you want to talk NFL or do you want to talk college basketball off the, off the bat? Well... It's, it's your show. It, it doesn't say Eric and Jay, man. So. <laughs> well, let's start with NFL then. Let's let's okay. let's talk a little NFL. Another interesting week, right. uh, week week fourteen, which isn't in the books yet because we have two Monday night games, like we mentioned earlier. But once again, a week that's kind of unpredictable. We saw some upsets, and man, is that AFC wild card race getting cluttered? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to have to go 10 and 7. Um, it could it's be not a 11 and, and 6. Well, I, I, I don't see that. A lot of these teams yeah. start playing each other. I think, for instance, the Steelers and Broncos, both 7 and 6. One of them is going to be 8 and 6, right? Steelers and Broncos do not play, but Steelers and Colts play this weekend. Steelers and Colts, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. So so one of them is going to step back. I think um, – I don't know if the Bengals and Browns play each other still. And I mean, there's a lot of those types of games going on. Um, you know, the Bills have kind of reasserted themselves into the discussion. They have to get through Dallas this week. If they do, you know, uh, they've got the – Chargers without Herbert and uh, the Patriots. So all of a sudden, if they if they get by Dallas, they could be ten and six going into the last week. The uh, so. Bengals play the Browns at home the last week of the season. Yeah, the, ba- the, Bang- be- the Bengals schedules Minnesota home at Pittsburgh at Kansas City and Cleveland at home. That's they don't have they don't have an easy game in there. No, no. And so, uh, you know, I, I heard tonight. Uh, even though the Ravens aren't, they have the hardest schedule left in the NFL. Even though they're you know, they're trying to secure a number one seed. Right, right. So uh, just like Dallas, um, I know that's not AFC, but all of a sudden their schedule gets difficult the next three games. So there's a lot to be decided yet. Sure. Uh, well, you, you're familiar with the program. You know, Josh and I do three winners, three losers. Um, right. And this year we're trying not to repeat. So if you pick a winner, I can't pick the same one. But since you're a guest of the show, I will let you pick first, your first winner of week 14. Well, I'm, I'm going to say Buffalo just because they absolutely knew that was coming. <laughs> had, they, had, they had. I'm a Josh Allen fan. Uh, he gets ripped on this show a little bit, but uh, uh, <laughs> he's got the most most turnovers since 2018. But he's also played nine more games than any other quarterback since 2018. So yeah, but uh, they had to have it, and they've lost. This is the fifth time this year they either tied or. Uh, taking the lead with under two minutes to go, and they were 0-4 in the previous uh, four games. And uh, I think everybody in the world thought Mahomes was going to take him down. And obviously uh, – At least tie it. Yeah, and the guy was a foot off line. I also wonder what would have happened if uh, Kelsey's backward pass would have got tipped, which it almost did. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's saying it's the greatest play. It could have turned into the biggest buffoon play of all time too because he had the ball around the 20-yard line which would guarantee a field goal at, at worst, you know, if that hadn't been a penalty. But, yeah, I, I'm going to say Buffalo just because I wasn't prepared for this. And, <laughs> and, and that's that's who I got. Well, yeah, that, that's a good one to pick. I mean, like you said, they went into Arrowhead. A place they play pretty well, though. They, They've they won three, three regular. You know, they've played each other six times over the past five years, and all of them have been in Kansas City. Yep. Which is crazy, but yeah, yep. Oh, a lot of teams you can pick for winners this week. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys for one of my winners. Um, you know, I don't care for the the NFC East matchups, even though last night's was two of the better teams in the NFL going against each other, two rivals. So it was it was pretty good stuff. But the Cowboys put on the Eagles, thirty three to thirteen, and. Don't even really know if it was that close last night. It was yeah, that close, but they uh, owned it. You know, Dallas hasn't done much in my lifetime. They haven't made a Super Bowl since '95. They haven't even done much in the postseason. Haven't even seen them in a conference championship game since I've really seriously been watching pro football. But something about this team just feels a little different this year. I don't know if it's Dak Prescott playing the best football of his career. I see he's the odds-on favorite in Vegas to win the NFL MVP right now. Um, or if it's, you know, their good running game with Pollard to support that. C.D. Lamb coming on. Uh, tight end play coming on. Defense just being real strong with Dan Quinn doing a fabulous job as defense coordinator. Something something just feels different this year. But yeah. it, could be, it could be one of those cases, too, where if they have an early exit in the playoffs, they might be looking for a new head coach because Jerry might give uh, Mike McCarthy the axe. Yeah. What's, it's kind of interesting if – if San Francisco does hold on and becomes the number one seed, uh, they probably would have to play uh, either Dallas or Philly in the next round because one of them is going to be fifth. And, you know, usually it's one versus the four and five. So it's kind of interesting. If you get number one, you're probably stuck playing. You know, there seems to be three teams in the NFC that are far better than the rest. 
and Eagles aren't playing like it either. Yes. But, uh, yes. but uh, yeah, I would say the Cowboys are a winner. My, my second winner uh, just off the top of my head, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it's a weekly thing because they won two games in the last six days with this Browning kid who's looked good. He, he kind of uh, didn't play at the very end of the game. I don't know what happened to his hand. He, yeah, I heard his thumb. So AJ McCarron had to come in. Yeah. So I don't know if it's his left thumb, his right thumb, but uh, they actually look like an, uh, not Super Bowl contenders, but they actually look like a, a playoff team again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number two winner this week, uh, I am going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, even though the Rams are playing good football, the Rams gave them everything they wanted. The Rams were even hurt by a, a non-block-in-the-back call on the, on the game-winning punt return touchdown for the Ravens in overtime. But And that was uh, that was one of those football games, if you don't have a dog in the fight, that was an entertaining yeah. game. Because um, just when it looked like the um, the the Rams are going to win, then the Ravens score. And mm-hmm. then you think the Ravens haven't won, then the Rams, you know, force overtime. And um, just back and forth. And uh, in, in, in ter- terrible conditions, too. A rainy, yeah. cold, and they put up 37, 31 points. And uh, Ravens are tough, right? Ravens are tough. Yeah, and uh, some high-level quarterbacking in that game. Stafford mm-hmm. was crazy good, and Lamar, what, uh, he, he got – people were open, and he was hitting them. And mm-hmm. uh, that was impressive. He's became a lot better of a pocket passer the last few years than I ever thought he would be. He's a, he's a complete quarterback, I think. I think he's one of the I, best ones in the league. I actually got an update from Sean Shriver, a longtime listener of the Tannen J Man. He said that uh, uh, Browning was dehydrated and cramping. So, that's, oh, okay, that's better than that's, his hand. Absolutely, his hand. So, yeah, yeah. Who's your third winner for the week? Well, I could go a couple different ways, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to go with a guy who just gets ripped, and that's Zach Wilson. Looked like a stud yesterday. <laughs> we you kind of wondered like, where's this been? Uh, I mean, he looked like a whole new guy yesterday mm-hmm. against a pretty good Houston team who uh, who may start sliding a little bit. They're starting to lose some players left and right. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, uh, Collins going down yesterday after uh, Dell yeah. going down the week before. It's like C.J. Stroud's targets are falling left and down left and right. He doesn't have a lot to throw to. And then C.J. Stroud takes a nasty hit that – we're yeah. not nasty, nasty fall from a yeah. hit and gets concussed and don't know his status going forward this week. So that's right. awful timing for the Texans for all these injuries. Cause talk about a team who has exceeded their expectations, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. I think I had him winning two or three games this year. I mean, yeah. they, they've already won seven. So I kind of compare them to the uh, Colts on Andrew Luck's first year when T Y Hilton and, uh, Kobe Fleener, or all these rookies came yeah. in and you thought Colts are going to dominate and it never happened, you know? So yeah. that, but it looks right now with Texans, cause they get some, a lot of draft picks next year, you know, could be a team that we'll be talking about for the next decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AFC South has a, has a chance with some young quarterbacks to be a really, really they good do. division going forward. They sure do. Yeah. And my last winner, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns, even though I was rooting hard out of rooting interest for the Denver Broncos. I was rooting hard for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But the Browns, Joe Flacco, the old guy that was on his couch just a couple weeks ago, coming in, playing good football, making plays when they needed it, fourth and three, converts a touchdown to David Bell, Purdue alum, getting his first career touchdown. What a time for him to get that. And uh, they, they held on by four points at home. And, I mean, they got... Their remaining schedule, looking forward, they are 8-5, and five, so they have a game up on all these 7-6 teams. They host the Bears Sunday, then they play at Houston. They host the Jets and at Cincinnati. So none of those that, that really scare you a ton. No, I think the Browns are going to make it. And I, I think Flacco has really changed the perception, you know, because after the Super Bowl win and he, he called himself elite, he was always good. Did. He wasn't yeah. elite. That that was but, a uh, lucky Super Bowl run too. If if if, uh, if Raheem Moore bats the ball down, they don't make it. But, right, but the guys always had a cannon. Yes, one one other Super Bowl he should have made, and he threw one in the corner, and a guy named Mike Evans dropped it. Not the one that plays for uh, Lee Evans. I'm sorry. Yeah, and then and then the Baltimore kid or the, yeah, he missed a 33 yard field goal, and and, pay, and the Patriots and Brady went to the Super Bowl. 
But, uh, you know, when Flacco was on Denver and the Jets, he, he was not good. So no. pretty impressive. It may only be a two-game window, you know, we'll see. But this yep. is the year of the backup quarterback. and. It is. He he seems to be the maybe the best of the bunch of the back. This seem this seems to be a year. Not only, I mean, do you need to be a good team? You need to get lucky, injury yeah. line, especially a quarterback. So, yeah. All right, we'll pick our losers. Uh, my first losers. There's a lot of teams I could pick from here this week too. Um, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, and not because they lost to the Bills by three points at home. I mean, the Bills are a good, still what I think is a very talented team. Kansas right. City's now dropped, they've dropped four of the last six, the multiple games at home, but it's how they reacted after the game. They were Patrick Mahomes get more frustrated than we've ever seen, yeah. uh, even in the press conference. Not only his antics off on the sidelines, but in his press conference, this is not what the NFL wants. We're talking about yeah. the referees after a game. Andy Reid, a guy who barely ever says something, complaining about Oh well, the referee didn't check with me. They usually check. There's there's video evidence today where Tony looked at the ref once, but then did, didn't recheck again. That's on him. He's clearly mm-hmm. over the line of scrimmage. He's hiding the ball. He's so far over the line of scrimmage. That is a penalty every single day. Offensive pin- offsides was called twice last year. It's called eleven times this year right. already. The refs are looking for it more now, and it's just. It, it was it felt like woe is me for the Chiefs. It's, I mean, okay, I'm a Bronco fan. I can't stand the Chiefs, so maybe this is, I'm not the right person to talk on this. But I think the Chiefs have been the benefit of the whistle more times than not over the last five or six years. It, how about the Super Bowl? Do you remember yeah. Patrick Mahomes saying you can't call or the or it, everybody was saying you can't call that penalty in that situation? Yes, it was a penalty, but you can't call in that situation. Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs were trying to say that about yesterday's penalty. Yeah. So. I don't know. Well, I, I just think I think they're whiny. I think the rest of the country is realizing what all of us that are fans of teams in the AFC West have been feeling for years. That just and call me crazy, but I think Taylor Swift could be a distraction to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> well, yeah, who knows? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think the public perception of Kansas City took a little bit of a hit yesterday. Um, you know, they were pretty classy about the non-pass interference last week, which I think we yes. all knew it was. Yes. But uh, to me, they should have been more upset with that. This guy right. obviously was offsides. And if, right. they don't, if they don't call that, what do they tell Buffalo today when they're watching the review? Yep. You know, I guess we can let people, you know. They also yep. said that uh, Taylor, their right tackle, was also off the line of scrimmage too far. It could have yep. been a double. I guess it would have been the best thing if they'd have thrown the flag and the play never happened. Yeah. You know, because it was uh, – it would have been one of the top 20 plays in NFL history, you know, just right. the way it happened. But, uh, right. Yeah. But I agree it, with you. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It, it, Tony, man, he can't get his career on track. That guy just screws up all the time. I feel, I mean, it kind of feel bad for the guy, but he just screws up all the time, whether it's dropping balls or boneheaded penalties at, the, at bad times. So, yeah. yeah. Well, my first loser and, uh, we, we referenced Sean earlier. Uh, I know he's a big Steelers fan, but uh, they they looked bad. Uh, I always root for Mitch Trubisky. He was obviously over. Oh, he's starting he's this pro- week against the Colts. So he's he was a third or fourth round guy who got picked second, and yeah. he has to live up to it. And he never has, even though he did take the. And the team to the traded up. The team traded up to get him. And Mahomes was in that draft. Yes, he was. And Deshaun Watson, although that's yep. a whole different problem, but um, right. Uh, I'd have to say the Steelers. I mean, uh, uh, Patriots got a great defense, but they do. You know, you, you can't let that throw three <laughs> touchdown passes. Uh, no, so. you, you can't lose back-to-back home games when you're in playoff contention to two and ten teams. You, you just can't do it. You just I can't agree. do it. Yeah. So, uh, one of my other losers, the Detroit Lions. Um, they almost got nipped by the Bears and probably should have a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and the Bears put it on them yesterday, twenty-eight to thirteen. I mean, the Lions are still nine and four, having a great season. They're going to win the NFC North, but I think they need to wake up pretty soon because they're starting to play some bad football. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, even in their win last week against New Orleans, I think it was they about New Orleans about came back. They got smacked on Thanksgiving by the Packers. Packers. Yeah, they haven't played good for a while. I'm hoping that trend continues Saturday night. I don't want them to wake up and put a thumping on my Broncos up in Motown, right. but. Uh, 
yeah, Dan Campbell said he's going to get into the team a little bit this week, so we'll see how they respond. Yeah, my second loser is the Chargers. They're just uh, – Chargers get a Charger. Yeah, it's just uh, – it's, it's a bad football team. and They can't uh, stay healthy. And, no. And they're not well coached. And I, I'm a big Herbert fan. But I think a I, lot of people are. I think uh, – I did hear a scout say, though, that Herbert lacks – uh, being able to go to a third player, in other words, yeah. yeah, and maybe that's why he holds on to the ball too long. Um, but you know, the I was saying this: the AFC West has really changed their identity this year. It's been a real defensive division. You thought right. with Herbert Wilson, Mahomes, and you know the Raiders have some shiny toys on offense. That it, it, traditionally, all those teams have scored. None of those teams score. Um, um, you know, the Chiefs, they, they've been held under 20 several times this year. Right. So, right. And the Broncos win with their defense, which right. you know, has changed over the course of the year. So, And the Chargers can't score. Well, I think you said they scored 33 points in the last four games. It's not going to get any better with this kid quarterbacking. So, No, Eshan Sticks, a comparable backup. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what he is. So, yeah. Uh, my last loser, I am going with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, another close game. They couldn't find a way to pull out. Baker Mayfield made some clutch plays for Tampa Bay. And, and Atlanta got down to the five. I know. Time, so, um, Ritter actually played good yesterday. But. but my opinion on who's going to win the division for the NFC South out of the Buccaneers, Falcons, Saints seems to change week to week. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's ugly. It's ugly division. It's all there for Atlanta to win. They just uh, yep. they just don't seem to do it. Yep. And I think my last loser might be Jacksonville. It just seems like uh, they had yeah. every chance to be uh, maybe the number one seed in the AFC, and they just yeah. had a, a horrible six days. And you know, I was glad to see Trevor Lawrence back playing, but he did not play particularly well. Had I wonder if he rushed it a little bit. Yeah, he ran the ball though with the, his ankle. He could hardly walk the other day, but he. He ran the ball a lot, so yeah, I think he was healthy enough to play. But yeah. Well, do you have some picks ready for uh, Week 15 by chance? I did do that. All Let's right, all right. Well, Josh whooped me in the picks. No matter what happens in the Monday night games, I think I only had 35 points or so coming into the two Monday night games tonight. I did horrific this week. Okay. It was my season worst. So Josh did whoop me. I think he's whooping me in the season standings now too. But uh, which he'll he'll send me the picks for the graphic later this week, so everybody can see on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Which you can like us and follow us at Tan J Man Show if you haven't already. Um, you can see his picks later on this week. But uh, starting with the AFC West matchup on Thursday night, the Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, Alan Alan Kirk did another great one. I got the <laughs> I got the Raiders for two. I have the Raiders for three. Um, I mean, I know we're both big Aiden O'Connell guys, even though that pains me because he's on the Raiders, but he hadn't been playing the greatest. Their whole no. team just doesn't look that great. I mean, they lost 3-0 to zero to the Vikings yesterday. I what know. a horrific offensive display that was overall. And But but Easton Stick making a road start, I, I like the Raiders. Yeah. Speaking of those Vikings that won 3-0 to zip yesterday, they are one of three Saturday matchups this weekend. Uh, Minnesota at Cincinnati Bengals. I got the Bengals for five. I got the Bengals for four. So mm -hmm. we're uh, we're right there. I think the Josh Dobbs honeymoon is over. Yeah. For the Vikings. Yeah. I think they got to go to Mullins. I do too. The um, afternoon slate of Saturday games, 430 start here. Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. Boy, I could see that one going. But I, I picked the Colts for six. Uh, I picked the Colts for five. So we are three games in a row. We've picked the same team, but point differential one for each. Uh, the Saturday night game, uh, 8-15 Denver at Detroit. Well, this this might pain you to hear, but I picked the Detroit for eight because they better get it. I uh, Nothing would shock me in this game. I think the Broncos do get three of their last four to finish 10-7. and seven. After Detroit, they host New England on Christmas Eve. Then they host the Chargers again. Then they go to Vegas, who have had their number, seven straight for right. Vegas. So I think they can get those three. But I agree with you. I think Detroit wins this game. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe this is what I'm trying to do here. You know, so Yeah, reverse psychology. 
Uh, but I'm taking Detroit for one because I think it's going to be a really good game. Okay. Bears at Browns. Um, even though the Bears are actually playing, they're playing a lot better. I'm going to the Browns for ten. I can see Fields having a little trouble against that defense. Um, although he's wanting to play good in the state of Ohio, I'm sure. He runs the ball well. I still need to see a little more out of his passing, to be honest. But I, I think he's done enough to where I think the Bears take somebody else with the number one overall pick and they stick with them. So yeah. I'm taking the Browns though for eight. Okay. Tampa the, the Battle of the Bays, Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Uh I'm I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield, but I, I just think the Packers for nine. I can see it being cold. <laughs> and Tampa's Florida guys aren't gonna like that. No. Uh, I, I think Green Bay wins tonight over New York. I think they win over Tampa Bay. Jordan Love starting to play some good football. Packers yeah. for six. Yeah. Uh, the battle of what – they are division rivals, but they should be big-time rivals because uh, right. Tennessee I mean, took their team. Houston Texans at Tennessee Titans. I got the Texans for seven, and, and uh, I don't know why I did that, but uh, particularly with the injuries, but uh, – Titans, Titans stink. I have the Texans for seven as well. That's an assumption that CJ Stroud's playing. Right. If right. it's uh, if it's um, Davis Mills. Uh, Davis Mills. I'm not too confident. So he he wasn't awful last year. No, he's he wasn't. But he, but, he's not CJ Stroud. New York Jets at Miami Dolphins. I went ahead and went to, uh, Dolphins for fourteen. I went um, Dolphins for fifteen. Because uh, I don't know if Zach. I'm hoping Zach plays another good game, but we'll see. Dolphins are tough at home. They're real tough yeah. at home. So, uh, Kansas City at New England. I put Kansas City for 16. If they're going to be anything this year, it's time to start turning around. They got a ridiculously easy schedule from here on in. I pick Kansas City for 14, but I bet you this is a close game. Well, that would, yeah, we'll see. The Patriots got a good defense. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, as a Bronco fan, crazy enough, the Broncos are only one game out of the AFC West. I know, so I know. let, let some craziness hold? happen. Yeah. Well, I, I'm guessing Kansas City holds a tiebreaker. They split, but I'm guessing yeah. Kansas City right now holds a tiebreaker. So uh, New York Giants at New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think uh, Carr's having a terrible year, but I, I picked the Saints for 11. I picked the Saints for 10. So we're both uh, both right there. Um, Atlanta Falcons at Carolina Panthers. I picked the Falcons for 12 just because the Panthers are not good. 100% same. Falcons for 12 because the Panthers stink. Uh, Washington Commanders at the Los Angeles Rams. I picked the Rams for 13 because I think they're better than their record. I think they're, they're getting there. I picked the Rams for 11. Their offense is really starting to click. So. Mm-hmm. San Francisco 49ers at Arizona Cardinals. I picked the 49ers for 15, but Cardinals are better with Kyler Murray. He's he's played fairly well. I picked the Niners for 16. I think when they're on their A game, they're the best team in the league. Three more here. Dallas Cowboys at Buffalo Bills. I got the Bills for three. And this is going to be Tanner's book at prediction of the week. I have the Cowboys for two. Um, I expect this to be a really good game, maybe the best game of the week. I just, like I said, something's different about this Cowboys team, I think, this year compared to the last few years. And something tells me Buffalo's going to come off that high of highs of win, maybe come down a little bit. I know they they did lose two defensive starters again yesterday, so that'll be six out of their 11. But yeah, uh, Cowboys have lost three road games. They're unbelievable at home. We'll see. That's a good point. That is uh, J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week, which is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering. Travis is a multi-line agent for Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, specializing in home, auto, life, and renter's insurance. He also uh, offers annuities as well. So give Travis a call at 219-869-4561. It's emails Travis at infb.com. Two more here, Ravens at Jaguars Sunday Night Football. I got the uh, Ravens for four. I got the Ravens for nine. I just yeah. think they're playing a lot better football right now than the Jaguars. And Monday nighter, uh, bird team of birds here, bird teams, the Eagles at Seahawks. I had the Eagles for one. I have the Eagles for 13. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah. don't know if it's going to be Geno Smith or Drew Locke. And Drew, Drew Locke played, played all right yesterday. He did. He did. But uh, I, 
Seattle needs this one if they want to make a push for the playoffs. Yeah, eight and nine might get you in in the NFC. Who yep. knows? Yep. So, well, that was some fun NFL talk. We got about 10 minutes left in the program. Uh, let's talk some college hoops. It's been a fascinating start to the season around the whole college hoops landscape. Nobody's really flexed their muscles as the dominant team. You know, the Arizona Wildcats are number, ranked number one. There's only like a dozen or so teams left undefeated in all of Division One college basketball, which is that's 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 a uh, a low number for it being December 11th. And, but and some uh, of those undefeated teams are because they haven't scheduled many. Right, Houston. Yeah. Uh, but um, but you got to be happy like me with the Purdue Boilermakers, uh, nine and one. We rebounded real good with two good wins this week after the upset overtime loss to Northwestern. Uh, two Fridays ago, they bounced back, defended home court, and beat Iowa by 19, which that score doesn't indicate how, how out of hand that game was. And then right. bounced back with a neutral court win up in Toronto against an Alabama team who might, might not be ranked, but boy, are they tough and talented. And Alabama shot 43 threes, hit, I think, 20-some, uh, let 19. alone thir- 19. It wasn't 19. Hit 13 of those 19 in the first half. Yeah. And, I mean, when you – hit 13 threes in the first half, you're probably thinking, oh, we're going to be up 20 at halftime, and yet Purdue was within two points at halftime. Right. And uh, I I actually was one of the more satisfying uh, non-conference wins they've had, even though they've beaten Duke and Gonzaga and North Carolina and Tennessee over the past couple of years. Marquette. So. Marquette, a lot of good teams. But uh, you don't play a team that's shooting that well and is oh. so athletic – um, they kept their turnovers down. Um, they actually have one more doozy this week with Arizona. But yes. uh, when, when the uh, schedule came out, I, I realized that games three through 11, Purdue played nine teams in a row that made the NCAA tournament. Now, I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of college basketball, to tell mm-hmm. you the truth. And if, if you'd have told me that they would be 10-2 and two at Christmas, say they lose to Arizona and beat whoever it is they play during the week, I'd probably taken it, you know, yeah. just because of what they had ahead of them, even though I think this is a, a very good Purdue team. They still have to find a consistent third guy. They're kind of a – they got two studs out there in, in uh, Braden Smith and Zach, and the third guy seems to change every game. It might be Lawyer one game. It might be Jones. Um, Trey Kaufman's had a few good games. Mason Gillis. Gillis. Uh, you'd like to see one more consistent guy step up. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, so far so good. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody know, knew about the Batman in West Lafayette, the reigning national player of the year and Zach Eady, who's even taking his game up, I would say to another level. I mean, it's incredible what he's doing right now. I mean, he's, he's getting 35.7 rebounds and people are like, yeah, good game. Yeah, I mean, I know. It's, it's kind of what happened with Caleb Biggie Swan against sophomore year where he'd go 20 points, 17 rebounds. It's like, ah, oh, home home. I mean, it's, yeah. as Purdue fans, I feel like we're taking this for granted, and we we shouldn't. That we should really appreciate what we're seeing because we're probably never going to see something like this come through Purdue ever again. I mean, Zach's a special college basketball player. He is. He's he's been extremely good. But, uh, but to go w- along with Batman, I think Purdue has found their Robin and Braden Smith. Yeah, in some games, he you know he only took four shots against Iowa. Yeah, and then he he took uh, twenty one shots against uh, Alabama. So, and he's a competitor. So. Uh, you know, I'd like to see Fletcher Lawyer step up a little bit more because he is a little bit of a defensive liability. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as long as they hit their free throws, you know, 31-game uh, season, it's they're going to lose a few more. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. Well, if they can get past number one, Arizona, which is a huge game on Peacock, it's a 4.30 tip down in Gainbridge Fieldhouse where the Pacers play. And so the Purdue's playing at the same time the Colts are playing. It's going to mm-hmm. be a madhouse in the city of Indianapolis for parking and just getting around the city, Circle City. But number one against number three, Peacock, your subscription numbers are going way up, you got to think. If Purdue yeah. can get past Arizona, that's three years in a row they've not lost a regular season non-conference game. Right. They have the longest non-conference winning streak in the country and yes. Arizona's second. Yes. Yes. So, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a dog fight. I mean, it's going to be a Arizona final four after, caliber game. After the uh, Purdue game, they've got Alabama and I think Creighton. So yep. they, they've got some tests coming up too. Well, I was thinking in my head, I could be a mistake. I didn't look this up, but I think Purdue's won three in a row over Arizona. 
I think the team with Dakota Mathias, Isaac Haas, PJ yeah. Thompson, Vince Edwards, they beat it was one of those tournaments and Arizona and Purdue were supposed to be maybe the final matchup and they were playing for like the seventh place. Right. After both of them dropped the first two games. Before that was Chris Kramer on his knees in the first round of the NCAA two thousand seven tournament, which Purdue beat right. Arizona and lost to eventual champion Florida. Before that, I believe was two thousand one, the wooden Classic then, which now this is the Indy Classic. Arizona was ranked number one in a non-ranked team starred by Carson Cunningham and Willie Dean knocked off Arizona. Yeah, a guy named Joe Marshall had his best game. Joe his Marshall career. and that team had Luke Walton and, and Jason Gardner and Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. And uh, yeah. um, uh, not Damon Stoudemire, but the other Stoudemire. Um, they were loaded. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then you, you were talking about the Colts and the Purdue uh just uh, an hour south of that, uh, Indiana plays Kansas. So state yes. of Indiana is going to be uh, the hub the of mecca. the country. It's going to be the mecca yeah. of the sports, yeah. college sports, sports world, really, on Saturday. Indiana and Kansas play at 1230 yeah. um, on CBS. That'll be an interesting one. Kansas is ranked number two. Indiana did not look good against Auburn. Um, but you know that place is going to be a madhouse. Oh, Absolutely. They won't have their student. Well, maybe the students will be around. You know, finals week is this week. I uh, think a lot of them would stay around for that game, but I could be wrong. I, I know, um, you know our company purchased like a five-game ticket, and Kansas is one of them because I think the students, for the okay. most part, are going to be gone. But I expect Indiana to give them all they want. I don't think this Kansas team – They're not deep. They're not deep. I watched him play uh, Tennessee out in Maui, and then I saw him play quite a bit this week against Missouri. Um, they're not super athletic like Auburn is. So Indiana, um, I think they'll play him tough. I think Kansas will probably end up winning by five or six, but uh, that's just my gut on that. Uh, but uh, looking around the Big Ten on Saturday, Purdue and Arizona play 430. Georgia Tech's at Penn State. Uh, Kansas at Indiana. Rutgers hosts LIU. Michigan State plays Baylor in Detroit. Michigan State really needs a win. They lost to Nebraska yesterday, so they're four and five. Started season yeah. ranked top five. Um, yeah. And, and then a couple of their so-called gimmies. One of them's Indiana State, who I think is eight or nine and oh. Yep. <laughs> and Oakland, so, who's already beat a couple Division One teams this they year. They beat Xavier, yeah. Um, we got Eastern Michigan against Michigan. Who knows what's going on with John Howard? A lot of rumors flying out there. That's something to keep an eye on. Ohio State and UCLA play in that big time event that has North Carolina and um, and uh, Kentucky in it as well. Florida A&M plays Iowa. Northwestern plays DePaul. And then on Sunday, uh, Illinois hosts Colgate and uh, Nebraska travels to Kansas State. So yeah. uh, I think, in my opinion, you can correct me if I'm wrong here before birdie or bogey, but I think I think you have Purdue, Illinois, and I'm going to throw Wisconsin. On even though they got smacked by Arizona, they're on one tier. Then below that, it, it drops off quite a bit below to the next tier, in my opinion. It's it's still early, but yeah, that's the way it looks right now. You know, Ohio State has a lot of talent. Yeah, um, Nebraska, you don't want to play them there. No, but. I've been shocked how poorly I was played, but uh, I'd probably Fran, agree. Fran, Fran needs to get his temper under control. Sure does. And he needs yep. to get to – I mean, they lost three games by a ton this week. Yep. Yep. Not used to seeing that from Iowa. All right. Uh, back to the birdie or bogey question. Peyton Manning threw 539 career touchdowns. 112 of those were to Marvin Harrison. 67 to Reggie Wayne. 44 to Dallas Clark. 36 to Marius Thomas. So who caught the uh, – Fifth most touchdowns from uh, Peyton Manning. I have three or four guesses. I immediately thought of Brandon Stokely, but I don't know how many he would have gotten. Brandon caught 20. So that wasn't was, my guess. No, but he he was eighth. I'm just letting you know he was yeah. eighth. So I'm just letting Two you know. Two others I thought about were Eric Decker and Julius Thomas. I thought of Wes Walker. They're um, all up there. Um, I'm trying to think of another Colt, um, but I just can't. I'm, I'm going to go with Edron James. Ed at 11. Marcus Pollard with 34. You know, I was thinking of Moorhead as a tight end for the Colt. Yeah. Followed by Decker and Thomas right behind Pollard. So, yeah. Tough one. Very tough one. So, yeah. 
Well, thanks, Dad, for filling in for the J-Man. Always appreciated. No problem. Uh, thanks to the 10 J-Man Show uh, Nation for watching and listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody.